Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. Welcome to the Stanley Cup Playoff Report. Here are Dan Rusinowski and Drew Remenda. We're getting a lot closer to getting a Stanley Cup final all set up in the National Hockey League. Game number five at Madison Square Garden in New York. This was the place where the Rangers were invincible until they faced their kryptonite in the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> Drew, that's the only way to describe this. And I think you've used that phrase uh, in, in a variety yeah. of other places, most notably with Jacob Markstrom, the goaltender for the Flames, when he sees Oiler uniforms. But <laughs> what, what about this Tampa Bay Lightning team and what they're doing? Well, the people that don't know, the New York Rangers were 8-0 after losing the one game to the Pittsburgh Penguins in round one at Madison Square Garden. They were 3-0 after losses at Madison Square Garden. And the Tampa Bay Lightning, Danny, I don't know how to describe it besides they've got it. And I don't even know what it is, you know, but they've got it. And they find ways to win games. And the, the way that the Lightning are playing right now just tells you that this is a team that there's zero panic in their game, that they work through everything. They understand that they've got to fight through checks, fight through the crowd, play a little bit different than they, you know, like bring their game up a level. I am, I was so impressed with their game last night. That was a, that was a playoff game last night, wasn't it? It was dynamite. It was, yeah. it was incredible. It had goaltending. It had great defense. It had uh, role players making big plays. And in the first part of the game, this was not going to be one of these Edmonton Calgary games. It was going to be eight to six. They nope. really clamped down defensively. And in fact, the Rangers only had one shot on goal in the first part of the game and Tampa Bay actually put it off the post twice, including this one by Nikita Kucherov. And the lightning moving back out. Here's Stamkos. Wristing one in, right side of the Ranger goal. Kucherov to the puck. He fires one off the post. And it caroms all the way around and down. Nick Paul was the next one who fired one off the post just moments later. Now to center. Drawn out of there. Hit by Perry. Taken away by Paul. Down the right side. Cuts to the slot. Shoots off the post. The Lightning have hit two posts here in the first period. First Kucherov and then Paul. Boy, that was something else. And I, I love to hear that sting off the Me post that, that, it, that just happens just before they're able to call it. Kucherov shot was off the side. Like he's coming in off the, the, the left wing and he's got such an easy swing at the puck. And like you look at Stamkos and Stamkos just wails. You know, he's like Tiger Woods on a golf course back in the old days with that, that aggressive, violent swing. That's how Stamkos shoots it, Kucherov. Easy, 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 easy swing at the puck, but man, did he get some juice on it. Now, Andrei Vasilyevsky also had some pretty good stops, too, including uh, these on Artemi Pernarin and Philip Kiedel. Truba then knocks Hedman off the puck. Stepped alive by the Rangers. Top centering pass. Here's Panarin with a shot off the shoulder of Vasilevsky, and then he stops Kiedel on the rebound attempt, and now with the puck loose, the play is blown dead. Not only that, but Hedl had another chance, and he missed the net on this one. 
Puck pops high in the air. Nobody can find it. Finally comes down onto the stick of Lafreniere. And across the line. Lafreniere, cross ice, pass oh. in front. Off the stick of Heedle. Heedle gets it back out. Fox oh. shoots through the crease wide. I mean, so it's such so close, and you can hear the reaction of Dave Maloney on the color commentary there with Kenny Albert doing the play-by-play. I played, what, four highlights already, and it's still nothing-nothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two best goaltenders in the National Hockey League. Going into the game, Shesterkin's save percentage is a 9-2-9 and a 2-6-5 goals against. Um, Vasilyevsky was a 9-2-5 and a 2-4-4 goals against. These are the two best in the NHL right now. And it showed last night. And then penalties started to happen. Not yeah. a lot of them, but a couple of really interesting ones. Here's one that, that, that Dave Maloney talked about when Igor Shosturkin actually made the penalty happen for too many men on the ice. Too many men. Going to be too many men here at Tampa. This puck, Shosturkin does a good job of tracking down the puck and he fires it towards the Tampa bench. And Tampa trying to get a change. Because the puck was coming, whoever left the bench got on early. And uh, the linesman right away called the too many men in the ice penalty. But it all started with the alert play by Igor Shosturkin. So not only does he make saves, but he also makes important plays. And isn't it interesting that he could spot that and actually do something about it? Yeah, a little bit of a race for the puck. It looked like it couldn't be a, almost a breakaway. And then Shosturkin gets out there and pumps the puck up the ice towards the bench. And that's... You know, one of my pet peeves, hustle on the ice, hustle off the ice, but it's one of the few flaws Tampa had last night. Game five continued at Madison Square Garden, and finally the ice was broken, and it wasn't by Artemi Pinar, and it wasn't by Steven Stamkos. It was by one of the Warriors on the Rangers, Ryan Lindgren. Bogosian and Mott. Here comes Mott in with the hit on Bogosian. Puck kept alive by the Rangers. Lindgren shoots. He scores! Ryan Lindgren picked up a puck along the left wing boards. Move to the circle. The Rangers take a one nothing lead in game five. And then a couple of other penalties. The one that was the most interesting to me, and I think to everybody on the ice, was the penalty that was called on K. Andre Miller uh, for hooking. And that was after that was off, off after all this happened. And Dave Maloney got apoplectic in the Ranger radio booth in talking about this. After the game, Gerard Gallant of the Rangers had some thoughts on it. Honestly, I. I didn't look at it again. I didn't think it was a penalty when it happened. Now, maybe when I look at it, maybe he touched his hands. I, I don't know, but I didn't think it was when it happened. But again, I didn't look at it after. Well, that was rather diplomatic on the part of the Rangers coach. There were two penalties like that. Uh, another one that was earlier called for hooking. And they're talking about, and this was being discussed on the national TV broadcast, too. Yeah. The idea if you get your stick underneath the stick, they're going to call it hooking. And I think that's strange. It's, it's not the right way to go. I don't think K so either. Keandre Miller's penalty was not a penalty. That was a terrific stick lift. The, the fact that his stick rode up and touched the hands was not in any way or factor into the play being turned over, the puck being turned over. It was just a good defensive play by Keandre Miller. It was a terrible call. Now, listen, overall, I think the officiating has been excellent in the playoffs. And you know me and officials, I'm not exactly the most, <laughs> I don't give glowing recommendations when it comes to the guys in stripes, but I think they've done a really good job in the playoffs this year. I think the games have been well officiated and been called very consistently. That was just a bad call. 
Remember, these referees are athletes, too. They have to skate with the best skaters in the world, and they have to make their decisions at that speed, and they don't get a rest every 45 seconds. They're out there for the entire game and all of the overtime. Yeah, yeah. So I, I know I think they've got the best refs in the league doing the most important games. That was just a blown call. Well, it uh, gave an opportunity, obviously, changed the mix of the game a little bit. But the real mix came by defensemen just slinging the puck to the net. Rudy over for the Rangers, up the boards. Held in at the right point. Sergeyev goes to his left, shoots, scores! The Lightning tie the game at 1, 226 remaining, second period. And that was a play by Sergeyev that he's done all year, pretty routine in terms of, of, of what to do at certain points of the game. But uh, still, it was a brilliant play. And who did we see in front of the net for the Tampa Bay Lightning against? Somebody that was going to also be there a little <laughs> later in the game, Andre Palat. Andre Palat, and then below him, Corey Perry. When Tampa gets to the middle of the ice, when they get screening people, there's layers. There's layers and layers and layers. Palat is usually up a little bit higher. Corey Perry's got his heels right in the blue paint playing bad goalie. He and Palat do an outstanding job of getting to the front of the net and staying there and owning that middle of the ice. Our good friend Jamie Baker used to talk about this all the time. Own the middle of the ice. Now, if you do that, you have a really good chance to win the game. And that's exactly what Tampa's entire game plan is based on. Of course, a little humility was part of it, too. Sergachev was asked about his plays after the game, including that one you just heard. Yeah, I mean, I saw our guys go to the net hard, our forwards, you know, and uh, they were getting pucks up to our, to, our, to our D. So our job is to get it through and to get it on net. So that one went in and uh, obviously, you know, it's a good feeling. But uh, yeah, after that, I was just thinking, you know, shoot it as quick as possible on and off the stick and because uh, I knew our guys were there. So that's what we we're trying to do. Isn't this exactly what Bob Bugner was talking about throughout the course of the season for the Sharks? Sling the puck toward the net. You're going to you're going to cause a lot of trouble. It's funny you say that because I was thinking about that last night. That's a perfect example. And um, it reminds me of Brent Burns a lot. Get to the middle. Sling the puck to the net. Get the get people to the net. Be in the middle of the, the goalie's eyes take away his vision do as much as you can in front of him and it doesn't have to be the one timer it doesn't have to be a pretty passing play it doesn't have to be a tic-tac-toe just get the puck through but you're absolutely right something bob bugner has talked about and coaches in the national hockey league know the value of having people and pucks to the net the interesting thing on that play is those sergeches move to the middle that's why we see day after day in every rink in the NHL that the, the defenseman practicing, getting the puck along the boards and getting across, getting the middle of the ice. And Sergeyev, as you said, does it really well. Smooth, smart shot, head up all the way. Of course, the Rangers have a couple of guys that know how to sling it to the net too. And they tried with the score 1-1 in the third period, but Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren ran into Vasilyevsky instead. Fox holds, bottom of the left wing circle. Goes towards the net, shoots, and Vasilevsky got a piece of it. Comes oh, in front, oh, and Vasilevsky wow. stops. Lindgren's attempt, and the lightning clear. I mean, that's all you have to do, make that big save, get a little piece of it. Vasilyevsky was there all night long, and any discussion about him kind of losing his edge or losing his fastball, there, that yeah. discussion's over. Yeah, it certainly is. You're absolutely right. And boy, you think about next game, uh, going into elimination games, we know how good that guy is in elimination games. This is 
This is Andre Vasilevsky once again showing that he is the best in the business. But also how good the Rangers have been in elimination oh. games this year. What are they, 5-0? and oh? uh, This is going to be a, a gigantic test coming up, and it's all because of this play that happened late in the third period again, going all the way down to the finals, minutes and seconds even. And Andre Palat was the man in front of the net with Sergachev on the point. Stamkos keeps it alive, though, winding it behind the net for Kutron Miller. A steal, loss of Stamkos, left circle. Left point, Hedman. Right point, Sergachev. Sergachev. Shoot, score! Same Sergachev! Thing. Same thing. Same Another goal for Sergachev. It's 2-1 Lightning with a buck 50 left in the third. And what did he do? He just snapped it at the net again, just like his first goal. There's Phil Esposito giving some color commentary about what Sergachev was doing. As it turned out, it went off, I guess, the, the shin pad of Andre yeah. Pilata was positioned in front. And again, you got to get in front of the net because you, you take the puck away from the goaltender. But when you deflect it, you have to have some skill at doing that, whether it's with your stick or another part of your body. And Pilata's yeah. one of the best in the league at it. He certainly is. I think that uh, I think it was Victor Hedman said when they asked him about the game, or I think it was Hedman talked about if you don't if if Shesterkin sees it, he's going to stop it. If you don't get there, you're not going to score against the guy. You're going to have to be in front of the net. And again, it was Lairs. It was guys in front, and it'll be interesting to see how the New York Rangers combat that. To you know, it's, you're not allowed anymore to hack and whack guys in front and cross check them and get them out of the way. But you've got to get position. You got to get. You can't let your opposition player get inside. That's between you and your goalie. So we'll see if uh, Gerard Gallant and his coaching staff make that adjustment. Well, things got awfully exciting late in the third because, of course, the goaltender for the Rangers had to get pulled out of the net. But Tampa Bay has seen that act before. It's Kako across the blue right circle. Kako shoots, block, rebound Sorelli. Tied up. Puck bouncing around at the low slot. Lafreniere collects it right corner. The net is empty for the Rangers. Pass stolen McDonough. Up the middle, Sorelli does clear to center ice. That was the glove down by Keandre Miller. Kudrov up the middle. Hagel! He's going to score an empty net goal! Score! Hagel! 3-1 Lightning! And that's how the game ended with uh, the head of Dave Mishkin exploding inside the, the Tampa Bay Lightning radio booth at Madison Square Garden, a place that you and I have been many, yeah. many times. And uh, really, that, that's a big, big moment for the Stanley Cup champions. Is just think about where they are right now. Uh, they're right there, one win away of going to the Stanley Cup final again and maybe getting a third straight Stanley Cup. And you talked about it in the first round. We thought, oh boy, maybe they're tired. And we, I said it. They played 100 games more than anybody else. They're, they just, they just look, look like they have a lot of zip against the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then they just got stronger and stronger and better and better. They're still missing Braden Point in the nine games now he's been out in the playoffs. And they still win games. And the way they win games is that. You, you said it before we came on the, on the air here. Their team find a way. They, they, they get contributions from Shesterkin, from Palat, from Perry, from Paul, from Maroon, Hagel. And their big guys are there too, of course. Stamkos, Kucherov, Hedman, who I think is the best defenseman in the National Hockey League. Without question. And Vasilevsky. Everybody makes an impact and they have they have 
I don't know what it is, Danny. I don't know how to, how to describe when you look at the way that that team plays, there's no panic in their game. There's no frets. There's, there's emotion, but they're not emotional. You know, they, they, they're in control all the time and they just keep moving forward and moving forward. They're Ronnie Wilson used to say it about the sharks. When, when he coached them, you gotta be relentless. And this is a relentless team. They're relentless. They're hungry. They're, they've got everything that you want emotionally and they're, they're playing together and they're having fun. But one yeah. thing that they're doing, I think Drew, that's, that's really uh, of note is they're finding ways to score goals in the most dramatic circumstances. I mean, Palat's got a game winning goal. Yeah. What in the last two minutes, first player in NHL history to do it twice in one playoff. And the other thing about it is that they're finding ways to do it. I actually think that getting a game winning goal late in third period is more dramatic than an overtime goal for me. Oh, I agree with you. I agree with you. You, you and you can see the uh, go to the other team, right? In overtime, it's like that's just the way it is. It's it's going to be. It's going to end. It's going to end suddenly. And yeah, but in this case, you're still you still got a minute and a half, and you know you got no chance. Exactly. Exactly. Now you did like the real. We're not counting the Rangers out by any stretch of the imagination. The Rangers were down three one in the series against Pittsburgh. They're the only team in NHL history that was down three, one in a series and also down in games five, six, and seven, and then came back to win the series. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. They were, they were down three, two last series. This is a team that's, that is comfortable in being down, not comfortable, but you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're not in a situation where they think, Oh, geez, we really got to go now. They have played, they explained extremely well yesterday. That was a tie game till minute 50 left. The only problem is, is you're going up against the Tampa Bay Lightning at home now for Tampa Bay, and they are the kings of elimination games. They are the kings of that, and they're certainly interesting to hear their coach analyze things. We continue now with the Sharks Playoff Report on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. With that in mind, and the 3-1 victory for the Lightning in game number five, let's hear from John Cooper, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning, certainly one of the top coaches in the game, and probably <laughs> the best one that's never won the Jack Adams Award as Coach of the Year. Here he, here he is talking about how the Lightning managed to stay disciplined until the last shift that they have on the ice. Listen, if you're going to go this far... You know, some fortunate things have probably happened to you. Some bounces have gone your way. There's been times they haven't gone our way, but you know, I've said about the group. Um, you know, we've we've been through these games, and uh, you're not going to win them all. But there's a mindset with the group, um, especially about not changing the way we play, um, trying to take advantage of our strengths and, and maybe their weaknesses. Uh, but, you know, to explain why we've scored in the last couple minutes, I can't sit here and say we have a magic potion for that. We're just <laughs> trying to play to the end. And, and fortunately, you know, the puck had eyes for us. Yeah, but you know what else they've got? They've got confidence that they built over several seasons of understanding what it takes to win. And that experience really does help a little bit, I think. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the only way you can get that experience is have to go through what they went through. It was interesting listening to John Cooper talk about his team because, you know, obviously there's, there's not a, a guy who's smarter in the NHL about how the Tampa Bay Lightning need to play and do play 
and he gets everything he gets out of his guys. But I go back to what John Tortorella said the other day in an article in The Athletic. He said, we, when he was coaching the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they defeated the Tampa Bay Lightning. Last team to do it. Yeah, we created a monster. You know, that's what he said. He said, we created a monster. That they had to go through. And you you talked about Gretzky and the Islanders walking by the, by the dress room. You talk about all those guys, all those teams that figure out how to win. You look at the Detroit Red Wings losing to the San Jose Sharks before they started to figure things out. They, they had to go through a lot of pain. The Sharks had, have had to go through pain. And all Avalanche to where they are right now, this is a team that was on the rise, on the rise, on the rise, but they couldn't get past the second round. They had to go through all that pain. And I've said it before, lessons remembered are the lessons learned in pain. And Tampa Bay Lightning have taken those lessons and now they, they put it in their game. You know, you don't have a magic potion. They sure got the magic touch when it comes late in the game. More John Cooper talking about are there special characteristics that the Lightning have that help them survive these challenges? There's a ton of characteristics that help. And um, when you when the game is run by a clock, so there's a finishing time, um, you've got to play within that. And it doesn't matter, you know, whether the the Game-winning goal could have come in the first minute or it could come in the last minute. It doesn't really matter when it comes. You just got to get it. And I think that's been a big trademark of the guys of not chasing things, regardless of what the score was, regardless if you're behind, regardless if the game's tied. Um, you play it to the end, and guys have done that. Where have we heard Bob Bugner say that before? It was San Jose <laughs> Sharks players. Don't chase the game. The Lightning never do. Never, never ever. When, when you're talking about chasing the game, what happens is, is you, you think you have to change the way you're playing in order to be successful if a goal gets scored on you. That's, that's, or, or the game's tied. That's not what Tampa does. That's not what good teams do. That's not what teams who win in the playoffs do. They play to their strengths and they play to their strengths all the time. Another thing happened to the Lightning, too, that was rather, I I guess, inspirational. And that was when Ryan McDonough went down and was shaken up. And he came back in the third period. And it's a little thing like that that sometimes can can get you through the tough times and raise your spirits. At least that's what Cooper was talking about. I think Ranger fans have been extremely fortunate to be able to watch Ryan McDonough play for a number of years. And now we're getting that. And um, I don't know. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't he play the most playoff games in like forever, you know, in our, <laughs> in our, you know, especially my time in the league. And there's a reason for that. And he's a warrior. And so, um, you know, for whatever he had to leave for, uh, he didn't want to leave. Um, that wasn't by choice, but it's by choice that he came back just, and it's that warrior mentality he has. And it's, uh, probably not been a secret since he's been our team, how well we've, know had some good runs here in the playoffs by the way that brings up another point drew the fact that there's so much interconnection between these two teams mcdonough of course played for the rangers barkley goodrow used to play for the lightning won a couple of stanley cups and i think actually that lightning connection to new york uh, actually has helped the rangers but the other way around too mcdonough's experiences before he got to the lightning have helped tampa oh without a doubt they the the brilliance of tampa has been adding the right guy at the right time and the right person too. I mean, that's really important, obviously, with Tampa and they talk about character, the right type of person. And McDonough is, as John Cooper called him, a warrior. 
178 playoff games is, is how many he's got. He is a guy that does everything you want a, a leader to do. And it, when he came back and what John Cooper was talking about reminded me of the second round when it was guy after guy after guy blocking shots, taking sticks in the face, it, and Tampa, you saw the parade to the dressing room, to the training room, and then you saw the parade back out. Those guys coming back, getting fixed up right away, and coming back and making sure that they were able to keep playing in the game. That's what hockey players do. Good hockey players, championship hockey players do. You know as well as I do. At the end of this, at the end of the playoffs, there's nobody healthy on your team. None. And and McDonough. McDonough is one of those guys that in games like this, we've seen it, Danny, over and over with San Jose Shark players, in games like this, in series like this, is when you need those guys to, to give everything they've got to show you, hey, I'm still here with you. And, and, and they're, they're looking now, they're, it's the same thing with Braden Point. You know, Braden Point's been out for nine games, they're still looking, but, but one thing they're, they're, they're talking about, Braden Point said, I don't want to come back if I'm going to hurt the team. You know, we're, we're playing well right now. I got to make sure I'm ready to go and ready to contribute before I come back. And that's the way you have to be. That's certainly part of not chasing the game that the, the coaching staff was talking about. It comes to deciding what your health is all about, too. But all in all, the Lightning are using their experience to fight through all of this and to get through the challenges, being down in the series to the Rangers and coming back. And their captain, Steven Stamkos, talked about that. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I think you, you just... You know, you, you prepare for those moments by experience and there's no other way around it. I mean, you just, you go into those situations and everyone talks about, okay, you're up a goal, you're tied going in the third, you know, how, how are you going to execute as a team? And, you know, we've learned over the years how to do that. And, and it's not being, you know, comfortable is probably not the right word because it's so intense that you're, you're not comfortable. You're just confident and, um, you understand what goes on and, and our group understands it's, it might not be, you, you know, your next shift, but it might be three shifts from now that, that something happens, just stick with it. And, um, that's what our group has, has done so well over the past two and a half years is just, you know, just ride the waves of emotion that go on through a game. And, you know, it's cliche to say, but you know, they score We're there's no panic. We're okay. We'll tie the game up and we'll find a way. And, and we've certainly done that. Now we go up three, two. It's, it's not a time to, to, to rest on what we've done. It's let's go home and let's finish the job. And we know how extremely hard it is. These guys have, have pushed and battled all playoffs. Um, and it's going to be the toughest game yet, but, um, our group certainly can rely on our experience. John Cooper also says you can't think that even that the Lightning have an advantage going into game six, even though they're up three, two. It's easy to say that now because of the situation we're in, it's really hard to do and <laughs> look no further than, you know, the team that, you know, I have the privilege of standing behind the bench. Uh, there's just, they ooze with games, gamesmanship, but in the end, we haven't won the series. It's just three, two. And the Rangers of any team have proven they can wipe that out and we're the first ones with our eyes wide open knowing that can happen and so uh you know we'll, we'll see how this goes and maybe i can answer that question a little differently what does victor hedman think is going to happen we expect our best game uh, of the playoffs and but we expect ourselves to to be at that level too uh, we've been uh 
you know, successful. We had the opportunity to to eliminate teams, and uh, now we have the chance again to go back home. But we're not going to hang our hat there. We're going home. We got to execute uh, like we have in the previous games. But we really expect them to to have their best game. That's the bottom line. And uh, you know, their their backs are against the wall, and uh, we expect their best game. But we got to manage. Uh, we got to ex- expect ourselves to 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 have that desperation level as well. So. Uh, it's going to be an exciting time. Uh, we're excited to play in front of our fans, obviously, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a hockey game, and uh, you know, same two teams going at it, and uh, we expect ourselves to, to have a great game. All of these clips are from post-game, after game number five, Drew, but it seems like the Lightning were already prepared for game six. Yeah, isn't that funny how they just turn it off, right? It, okay, that way to go, guys. Hug and kiss, and that way won it, and let's get on to business because <laughs> experience. The experience is there. And you look at Stamkos, what he's gone through in his career. And I used to think Stamkos was this great, flashy, wonderful goal scorer, which he was. But man, has that guy changed his game. And he's had to because of his injuries. He's had to change the type of player he is, but he still finds a way to be effective. And by the way, when's the last time we saw two number one draft choices drop the gloves in a playoff game? That was at the end of the game. That was something else. Yeah. So what Stamkos, 2008, was that his draft? Something like that? Yeah, 08, and then 2020. (laughs) So Lafreniere and Stamkos dropped the gloves. I mean, the closest thing to that in Sharks history was when Joe Thornton leaned in the Ryan Getzlaff, but Getzlaff wasn't one and two. Same kind of idea, though. Yeah, I thought the same. I thought the It's funny you say that. I thought the very same thing watching it last night. But, you know, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning are wonderful at what Pat Riley, the great basketball coach, used to talk about. Win. What's important now? So after a win, it's what's important now? The next game. Let's get onto it. Let's make sure we're ready, mentally, physically prepared. And we that doesn't start game day. It doesn't start before as you're going to the rink. That starts right away after the next game is over. Or the last game is over, I should say. It is going to be a fascinating and uh, spectacular finish to this series between the Lightning and the Rangers. Meanwhile, Andrew Cogliano and Nazim Kadri have had surgery, and so they may be back in time for game number one of the Stanley Cup final, but the, light, uh, the Lightning's opponents or the Rangers' opponents are definitely getting rested. We've come to the end of episode 11 of the Sharks Stanley Cup Playoff Report. On behalf of Drew Amenda, I'm Dan Rusinowski. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Stanley Cup Playoff Report. This has been a presentation of the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.